This is the official channel for The Brief and we welcome you to Everything Business, our podcast series where we speak to industry experts and leaders and get their insights on the what, the how and the who of doing business in India. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to The Brief and Everything Business. This is your host, Shon. With COVID-19 being on everyone's mind today, and I mean literally everyone around the world, we are all also talking about how it's affecting businesses and the economy. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about that one aspect that most multinational businesses are looking at, or for that matter, re-looking at, and that is their supply chain. As an outcome of most countries going into lockdowns, especially with China shutting operations, companies around the world realized the tremendous bottleneck that got created. Even in India, companies are in a tough spot with the supply chain disruptions that have occurred. To dive through the impact and influence that these lockdowns and the pandemic in general are having on global businesses, we spoke to Ethisham Huck. Ethisham is DCI India's resident director and a part of the American company's global leadership team as he represents South Asia and the Middle East. And in our discussion on the current and future scenario of supply chain, his 20 years of experience clearly comes through. Hi, Atisham. It is great to have you with us today. I trust that given the current scenario of COVID that you, your family and everyone at your workplace are keeping safe. Thanks, Sean. Same here. Absolutely fine. I hope you are also doing great. Yes, all well here. And that's very good to hear. And I do understand that on a work front, well, these are challenging times. So I sincerely appreciate you taking out the time today. But because we are looking at supply chain and in light of the impact and the influence of the lockdowns, I do believe that your inputs will be very valuable to today's conversation. And well, I feel that maybe not incorrect, but there is a rather limited understanding of what supply chain really is. It is not a linear process anymore. What it has become is a complex network of many components. So given the fact that you have set up and you are leading the Indian and Chinese businesses for an American company, what does supply chain mean to you? You know, the world is very interconnected and intertwined now. And it's to extreme levels. Uh, the sticker of saying goods manufactured in a specific country doesn't mean anything anymore. People have now started changing it, assembled in India, assembled in China or manufactured in US, even design in US, manufactured in China and all those things. You know, assessing a country of origin is next to impossible now or in any good of modest complexity. Let's say we can trace all the material used in a product as well as where these were manufactured or assembled. Can we trace the origin of a machines on which components have been made, assembled and tested? In any machine, any device of a modest complexity, we will find 20 to 30 different countries involved in manufacturing that process. That's how interconnected the world today is. I mean, just to give you an example, let's say there is a component which an automobile component manufacturer in India is manufacturing. And it is exported to Germany to be assembled in a, some specific car. Now think about it. When that component is being manufactured, they are using machines which are manufactured in US, manufactured in Italy, manufactured in China, all those places. 
they have they are importing a specialty steel from japan they are importing some of the electronic components from korea there are some components which are coming from china and the components which are coming from china are again part of it is imported from vietnam part of it is imported from africa and so on so forth so the whole manufacturing is so much interlinked that any one single part of the world in a problem the whole supply chain stalls it's like this that i am thinking i am importing from five different countries i am fine i can manufacture and supply and i can give that visibility to let's say my purchaser as well but what happens is that when there is a problem in one part of the world one of my suppliers might become challenged and that can make the whole thing collapse on one hand it's a complex problem but on the other hand there is a silver lining as well into this wto just announced that world trade will shrink between 13 to 32% now 13 to 32 is a very big range in fact the rhetoric from us europe japan india everywhere is that trade especially from china has to stop now now i can understand the emotional and economic backlash against the country however i will like to bet on the economic advantages of trade and that will trump the rhetoric and beyond symbolic measures business will be as usual supply chains are sticky it's not something which can be changed overnight and there will be other means which will be found to take care of some of the supply chain shocks which we are seeing in today's world and since we are talking about china and given how complex this world of supply chain has become today if there is one country that has developed a significant vantage point for itself that is china a position that they have been looking to leverage as part of their much bigger made in china initiative but this role of china in the global supply chain has come under question today in fact if we go back 18 odd months the beginning of the us china trade sanction dispute was actually triggered from this and now with covid-19 lockdowns this role of china at the various nodes of the global supply chain has truly come under the lens do you think this is an opportunity now for india especially because in the recent past india has been trying to position itself as an alternative to china in the world of manufacturing for instance make in india as an initiative what do you think going forward and in the larger scheme of global supply chain will be india's role couple of things one is that for sure that world is realizing the advantages of diversification of supply chain dependence of on any over dependence on any one country creates problem and diversification has got its own advantages the same way it is done in the investment so diversification of supply chain is taking place in any crisis we all start thinking about ourselves and countries start thinking about themselves so uh yes some of the manufacturing which is happening in china can be brought to india if we look at it right now we are actually at a much better place than many country any major country in the world in terms of covid-19 impact we have not been impacted that much and that itself can be a big competitive advantage to us if we can retain this india has got manpower india has got human capital india has got land and resources it can manufacture 
there are a lot of countries who are looking at India as a manufacturing destination. We need to do some labor reforms, which I think is on the card by the government and some more incentives. And yes, India can take the advantage of this uh, disruption and uh, position itself as a manufacturing hub going forward. And there is also a lot of talk now of uh, certain countries, countries like Japan and Korea, uh, looking to help their companies presently based out of China to help them move out of China. Absolutely. I was looking at those news. And if you look, look a little deeper, what you realize is that Korea is looking at India as a favorable destination. But when you look at Japan, their advisory is actually focusing on four countries which are other than India. Yes, some of the Japanese investment might come, but that stimulus package which they have announced is specifically for moving the manufacturing back to Japan and four other countries other than India. So do you feel this is probably because of how Indian businesses or essentially the supply chain of manufacturing is uh, affected by the global lockdown situation? No, Japan is looking for a pure competitive advantage. So they are looking at countries on their merit. They are looking at contract laws. They are looking at economies of scale. They are looking at transportation costs, labor laws and so on and so forth. So I can't blame Japan for not choosing India as one of these destinations because manufacturing is an ecosystem problem. It's not a one shot. We can't have a one big factory and think that factory will work. Factory will require a lot of ancillary support. Factory will require connectivity to the port, to the airports, apart from land available at a cheaper cost. It's just the fact that India has not worked to make itself very, very attractive towards manufacturing as of now. We are moving towards that. We are seeing a lot of things happening in Telangana and Andhra Pradesh, where the chief ministers are rolling out red carpets for the manufacturing organizations. But these changes are recent and it will take some time for the global community to take notice of it. And in the sense of the global community, the current scenario is also putting a significant amount of strain on trade relations. Do you think this will be an aspect that will influence? Trade relations always impact. In fact, I will say one thing here that Indian government is doing an exceptionally good job of making friends at this crisis. And India as a country is considered as a friendly country who is ready to help other countries while trying to grapple with its own problem. We have not gone on the protectionist bench and that's a really good thing from a trade relations perspective. India is building that relationship and we have a good hope that that will bring good business to India. To this, I have a counterpoint also, especially current scenario given companies re-looking at China as in, and its role. And in fact, globalized supply chains and their impedance to running business and for business continuity. There is a lot of consideration right now for the deglobalization of supply chains to create regionalized manufacturing ecosystems. In this kind of a scenario, where does India play out? There are two things we have to remember. I mean, this deglobalization is happening and it will happen in a very niche sectors, in a essential sectors, maybe in the medical supplies, maybe in the pharmaceutical industries, just to make sure that those supplies are insured in case of a crisis. Now, India or China or any other country, when they will find themselves in a problem that they are losing their 
customers, they will try to find solutions to the problem. And the problem basically today is that India is saying, I'm not going to export a medicine. China is saying, I'm not going to export masks or a personal protective equipment. Now, these can be resolved easily through a contract. The whole supply chain need not to ship for it. There can be guaranteed supply agreements backed by the sovereign guarantees so as the countries can't make a law in case of emergencies to hold the essential supplies and stuff like that. So all these talks of bringing everything home worldwide is stemming from the fact that whenever we are in the crisis, we start looking inwards rather than start looking at the advantages of the world trade. That's very true. And a lot of these are what one would refer to as the proverbial boardroom discussions. I mean, these are happening at policy, at government levels and at very senior management levels as discussions from a point of view of relooking at future strategies and business plans or relooking at operations. But in terms of ground reality, how are companies presently coping with the current situation? The supply chain shocks are really real. The supply chain shock started on a supply side when the lockdown in China happened. Europe is still creating a ripple effect. On top of the same, the demand side shocks in terms of a hoarding of essential commodity, postponement of consumption for the non-essential community. These are our nightmares. And almost all businesses will very soon find that they are having either of the two problems for sure. One is Either they will have a non-moving inventory problems or they will have a stock out problem. In fact, some of the large conglomerates might have a mix of these two problems going on for them. The shock in a supply chain is coming from both the ends. That is from the consumption end and from the supply end. This is something which is unprecedented in recent history. And governments around the world are trying to grapple with this problem. They're trying to do as much as they can to help companies achieve business continuity. Uh, In fact, even in India, there are the recent guidelines that were released to allow certain industries to start functioning with limited capacity. Do you think this will work? We have to start the economic engine. We have to remind ourselves that overall mortality is pro-cyclical. That means that in a good economic times, Average age is higher than in the bad economic times. That will mean that a severe shock to the economy will bring down overall mortality and undo all the gains we have made from doing the lockdowns. So there is no option but to restart the economic activity in a contained manner. It's it's kind of a trolley problem, you know. There are no right answers. We have to choose between the two evils. Either we have to choose the economic engine or we have to choose the lockdown. Now, the problem is that none of these are the right answers. Both have got its own consequences and nobody knows what is right. So the best strategy which the government and policymakers are working on right now world over is how to balance the two. And that's where the lockdown comes in and the restricted access to the businesses comes in. And that's the right thing to do. That's the essential thing to do for the welfare of the society at large. And in this situation, which involves an inherent trade-off, it brings me to another very interesting aspect of supply chain, where the government's actions and interventions to help companies is also affecting, which I'm sure you would agree is a very important aspect, 
especially when we talk about Indian supply chain, and that is manpower. The adversity of the lockdowns is probably being felt the most at their levels, at the bottom of the pyramid, which is essentially in India is a big component, is migrant labor. And the government is trying to protect these sections of daily wage laborers and migrant laborers in the best ways it can. So how do you see this impact on this aspect of supply chain playing out in the future? So I look at it from the perspective that there has been a massive distress and disruption in the lives of migrant laborers across India. And this is going to be a long-term impact. You know, the economic crisis of 1990 taught a lesson that distance within India does not matter for a migrant labor. And they will get benefited by employment opportunity. This has worked great as invisible hands of economy ensured that labor remained available where it was valued and needed. There are seasonal migrations and shortages and businesses have adjusted. However, the extreme distress during lockdown is going to be remembered by migrant labor and their families back home for a long time. This will mean that distance will matter now and we will see resistance to travel for some time in future. Even if mere 20% of the migrant laborers decide against the travel, labor markets will become distorted with the excess of labor in some pockets and shortages in some other. Problem is going to be accentuated due to agrarian distress. Governments will be forced to run Manrega-like schemes with the new rigor and will ensure sub-subsistence level support available and that is going to increase the resistance in travel. In a post-COVID world, social security would be important and expect higher investment in rural and agriculture sector. The other problem is the Kharif season of sowing is just going to start. And that will mean that labor will find productive employment in their village. We are looking at minimum shock of four to six months after the lockdown is over for the labor availability to become available. And that's a very, very serious problem. In fact, even in the cases where the business owners have taken good care of their workforce and provided all kind of support, workforce is in the town. As soon as the lockdowns are over, the workforce will rush back home to meet their near and dear ones. And the minimum time period needed is between 15 to 30 days as a best case scenario. And even there, we will see substantial attrition as people will not be willing to travel. In fact, Maharashtra government just recognized this problem. And they have announced that they are going to put 2,000 rupees per month in the accounts of every labor who is struck in Maharashtra. Because they seem to be realizing the problem that what will happen to the economy if the labor flies in masses. How are businesses going to respond to this? Like you said, there are going to be certain pockets of labor which are concentrated and in certain parts there might be the dearth of it. In fact, even if they do have to travel, they would probably prefer the closest urban area rather than traveling across the country. Is this going to lead to a shift in how companies are structured, how industrial zones are structured? See, businesses will react to this situation. And that reaction will be twofold. One, for sure, our mega cities will become less lucrative for the manufacturing and the business and small cities and towns will become more lucrative. 
and there will be a shift of business and that will be a good thing for the indian economy the other thing which will happen is that some businesses will start investing on the automation to reduce dependency on the labor and that requires a warchest of capital wherever capital is available the businesses will react in terms of automation and wherever capital is not as much available business will probably react to decentralization and moving manufacturing facilities to smaller towns i am hoping that even the state governments will encourage this by giving incentives by giving land at a cheaper rate by giving tax breaks because moving a manufacturing facility is also an investment and businesses need all the support they can at this time of the crisis so with this actually means that going into a post covid world we are looking at a change in how manpower as a component of supply chain how it's going to be different especially because now in contrast if you look at the impact on white collar jobs that the pandemic is having it's not as severe one can actually argue that as opposed to say the labor migrant workforce in fact it can also be argued that these sections are in a place where they are upskilling they are preparing for a different future in business a digitally more connected one so where do you think white collar jobs will probably end up one is that in the short term we will see a shock in the white collar jobs as well as companies will try to survive they will cut manpower they will cut workforce however in the long term what i am realizing is that we have all been forced into digitization and we should thank covid crisis for that because the platforms were available the collaboration platforms for remote working were available but still the concept was office was very high in our mind there are only very few companies in the world who are working in a true remote way some of them are actually quite large with tens of thousands of people working for them covid has taught all of us that work from home can be productive we have all adopted to the tools of remote working now covid has also made one thing very very problematic and that is continuous paychecks companies are realizing that continuous paychecks are drained in the times of uncertainty especially till the time vaccine becomes effective the era is going to be turbulent era in terms of the business in this time companies will look for contractors who can be hired to do the job and gig economy can take a huge advantage of it. i can see that the workers who have been retrained many of them will find better opportunities in the gig economy companies will find that they are better off working with the individual collaborators gig economy workers rather than with other companies to supply them services and white collar jobs especially the tech talent is going to find themselves in a scenario whereas american companies will all at a sudden start giving work to these workers directly they will earn more they will choose the work they want to do and slowly we will see this new model of business percolating whereas companies will hire n number of gig workers to achieve a specific task in a specific time frame and done with it they don't have to carry the baggage there are times when a project which can be done in 6 month is done in 2 years because you can only hire so many people at one time and you cannot fire people easily so what you do you hire or engage limited number of people to do the job which takes a little longer time to complete it now with the gig economy talent will be available in the market 
you take on those talents for a specific works pay them for the hours they work and be done with it so yes gig economy working from home is going to be the new norm for the knowledge worker going forward so with all of these changes from manufacturing looking at a lot of more automation probably coming in with the redistribution of migrant labor with the gig economy coming in for white collar jobs supply chain is entering a very interesting future so to say and probably the world on one hand where manufacturing is is entering a space of getting deglobalized manpower on the other hand is entering a more extensively globalized area absolutely yes and in such a world do you feel that there are certain types of businesses industries professionals who will come out ahead of the rest yes this is a major disruptions and in any major disruptions there are winners and there are losers we are going to see businesses which are well capitalized are going to come out really really well the businesses which are highly leveraged are going to be highly strained and many of them will go out of businesses when it comes to a industry it's very clear that aviation travel and tourism even restaurants in the short run malls all these places are going to experience a huge shock in terms of drastic drop in business whereas digital collaboration platforms are going to be clear winners essentials are going to be clear winners we might even see automation being a clear winner where the people who provide the automation to the factories are going to benefit a lot uh, the other losers are going to be the luxury industry in this crisis people are going to become more frugal and that means that they are going to postpone the big ticket purchases the discretionary purchases in fact it's a very interesting thing the ultra luxury segment is not going to be that impacted but the aspirational brands the mid higher brands are something which are going to get disrupted a lot okay so for companies and purely from a supply chain point of view be it manufacturing or be it from manpower aspect how can companies use this time to either better equip themselves to achieve a certain competitive advantage or for that matter just survive you know this covid crisis is going to linger for a long time and manufacturing facilities and businesses have to find ways to contain and continue with the business the extreme infectious and asymptomatic transmission of disease is causing a strict quarantine requirements now the manufacturing facilities and offices have been designed for a very long time for maximum collaboration and not for social distancing this means costly and onerous decisions by management in terms of making a small group of workers so basically taking your workforce and splitting them into a multiple groups and splitting them in a way that these multiple groups are not coming in contact with each other so as even if one person is found infected and that team goes in a quarantine the business continues this is not a easy task this means that companies who were running only one shift might have to run three shifts now just to make sure that same number of workers are coming at different times companies have started having split timings for the cafeteria just to ensure that the two groups are not using the same facility and they contain the virus now these are not easy decisions and these are not cheap decisions either these are very very costly decisions 
but companies have to do it just to survive the continuity of their production and just to ensure that their supplies are going to be available to the customers so tough times are ahead this is going to require a certain amount of rethink and a significant amount of investment from companies across the board especially all of those involved in supply chains that are global in nature that involve the interaction with professionals and companies which are based outside of their own borders so this is an interesting as much as a challenging time that we're going into sure you know we don't give much credit to the human adaptability and ingenuity we are already seeing innovations and entrepreneurial spirit during these tough times of the lockdown and we will come out of this with a positive note this will change the world for better the only problem is how long is this crisis going to impact and the fact that maybe for the next few years we have to see a little hardship for the betterment of the world going forward with that i think i will end with the hope that we find a cure for covid-19 a vaccine for covid-19 as soon as possible etisham thank you so much for taking out the time today it was sincerely appreciated and we wish you guys all the best going forward thanks sean it's always a pleasure talking to you thank you etisham once again and we hope to talk to you soon and that marks the end of this episode of everything business be sure to check out all our other podcasts as we are now live on spotify soundcloud and youtube like share and subscribe is the usual drill for more information stay tuned to the brief.co.in this is the brief signing off